Okay, what up, light listeners, and welcome to another show on the 21st of April with myself, Ben. And Josh. Where, as ever, we will dig into the news from the past seven days. So, where do you want to start? Since, for once, I think we don't have to talk about Brexit because basically nothing's happened, Happened, right? Yeah. So, uh, at the start of Notre Dame, Notre Dame was, became before the protesters, protesters. So, I think it was on... Um, Monday night, I think. Mon- Monday night or Sunday more Sunday night is one of those two. Um, the uh, Notre Dame was went on fire. I think it was they were doing re- re- renovation works there, and um, the one of the spires went caught on fire. Um, uh, Notre Dame is quite important to the French. It survived the it survived the Second World War and it survived the Second and First World Wars. It survived. Um, it's been there since twelve hundred. So for, for the French, it's, it's got um, a lot of sentimental value to it. So uh, I think it catching on fire caused a lot of um, sadness in France, and it caused quite a responsive, um, res- a responsive charitable, a lot of charitable um, donations. So in, in less than twenty four hours, it raised um, nearly a billion euros. Um, first of all, I think the first one that the first one to donate was um, Selma Hayek's husband, who is the owner of the fashion house. He owns all the fashion houses, like Gucci, is it Gucci and all that, all that. Uh, Louis Vuitton. Oh, Louis Vuitton. He, yeah, Louis Vuitton. He donated a hundred million, and then um, for the next couple of hours, someone else donated two hundred million, and then over twenty-four hours, they donated, they donated one billion, one billion euros. And, um, for, and Macron's come out and said that they'll they will revenant re, re can't say the word uh, <laughs> fix uh, Notre Dame by um, in five years time. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your feelings in, in regards to in regards to the donations and and the impact of um, Notre Dame on the French? Well, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really have a. Uh, thoughts and feelings on that, but I find it, I don't know, I find it to be a bit suspect, the story, that, what, after 800 years making it through revolutions and wars, that randomly, I think they're blaming it on a computer glitch as part of this renovation, but then as part of this computer glitch, they should have been able to identify where any fire was. Um, The first fire engines didn't get there until 30 minutes after the fire started, and 90 minutes it took for the kind of heavy duty fire response to get there, which are kind of strange timelines. I understand that Paris traffic can be difficult. However, it doesn't change the fact that no dame is on fire. And so you would expect that to be maybe faster. Um, Coupled with that, that some of the, I mean, I'm not trying to find, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I might question why some of the uh, statues were removed only four days prior to this. Um, So they're just, missing parts of the story to me i'll be interested to find out what was the actual cause of it they blamed it on a computer glitch that seems uh, with the greatest respect for a cathedral that stood for 800 years just saying it's a computer glitch that caused this seems a bit lazy um macron's projection that he can rebuild this in five years is ridiculous because most people are saying it'll take about 15 years um and i think i was listening to <laughs> To somebody, and, and it, again, if I was putting my conspiracy theorist hat on, which I'm not trying to, but at a point in time when the country is slightly divided and they could do with something to bring them together, then one of their main cathedrals sparks on fire. Um, 
so yeah, I'm not quite sure that we've got all the details of this story yet. Um, there was quite a lot of response that I saw online because of the mass uh, sponsorship and charitable giving that occurred to this. And then people started to refer it to, particularly they referred it to Grenfell, saying that nobody basically died in this. It's a building and people supplied all the money to this, but they didn't supply it to Grenfell. Well, I get their sentiment, but I don't think it's a equal comparison. So the people who have um, raised and donated money to this, it's mainly come from three or four large benefactors, and they're French. Now, so you can't really compare the two. If you were going to say, yes, there's a load of Brits that have uh, donated to this and they didn't donate to Grenfell, then I could get it. Um, I get, again, I get the kind of sentiment you're trying to make that put it in perspective of this is a fire of a building and that was a loss of lives. I'm not trying to go anything against that. But you can't also directly compare the giving given that it came from France where this is held as a, a national treasure for them. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any views negative or, or positive against it. It is what it is that happened. I just think there's more to this story to come out than, than we've seen so far. Again, solely because in the 800 years that it stood, it's not like it's just stood in the countryside for 800 years and not had to deal with anything apart from uh, natural disasters or something that's gone through wars and revolutions in the centre of Paris. So, yeah, seems to me like there's a bit more to this to get to the bottom of why and how this fire was allowed to, um, not maybe necessarily start, but ravage the, the cathedral in the way that it did. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. The big news in London this week is the... Um, the protests in Oxford Circus started off by the Eco Warrior Group um, Extinction Rebellion. Um, they start, I think, it started off on Tuesday, and then they they spent most of the week there. They just finally moved yesterday. Um, they moved to High Park due to the 420 celebrations. 420 celebrations is when 420 is usually linked to uh, the smoking of marijuana, which is weed. And uh, on that day, internationally, um, celebration of cannabis is. Um, taken so taking place so the protesters moved from Oxford Circus and moved down the road to Hyde Park <laughs> but it, it kind of like I find this story kind of like highlights the issues with um, the British police we saw this in 2010 with the with the uh, rioters and because the police can't do much <laughs> they, or they, they, like in the UK they don't they really can't do much in regard to moving people and they can't it, like they can't move everyone so um yeah, what's your feelings in regards to the climate the climate well, change process? Firstly, somebody pointed out. I think it was a joke meme. Um, I can't remember whose it was. It might have been on Ludacris's Instagram, but he did point out that next year, um, the whole of April will be four twenty. So that will be interesting to see how cannabis lovers approach that month. Um, I hadn't thought about that. This, secondly, this story. These are a bunch of dicks. I don't like. So, first off. Nobody's got any sympathy for their cause anymore because they really did cause a lot of disruption for people trying to get to work during the week. It's not it's not gained any further attention or charitable given for their cause. And to be I mean, you know my view on protests anyway. I saw one guy, he glued himself to a lorry and said, I've taken a week off and if I have to make excuses for longer, then so be it. Well, there's not gonna be any excuses, dude, because you've just interviewed on the BBC. So <laughs> whatever excuses you make aren't really gonna are gonna fall flat. Um <clears throat> Uh, and then on Friday, so I went to uh, the, the restaurant in the Oxo Tower on Friday for, for lunch. And so I was walking down across the bridge, the Waterloo Bridge, and I had to go past it. Well, I, 
looked like Woodstock to me. It was like a throwback. I wasn't obviously alive in the 60s, but if I had to imagine what a hippie village would look like, it would look like that. It was ridiculous. You had some guy on stage doing probably the worst rendition of Despacito I've ever heard, who's clearly drunk, but it was just, it was, it's this little hippie communion. And it was, it was bizarre. Um, and frankly, it was a bit annoying as well. So when I was walking down there, there was one woman who was just spray painting all over the floors. Now, look, to be honest, I have to pay my taxes or whatever, so they need to go somewhere. But I would prefer they didn't go to cleaning up the streets because these lot have decided to basically sit there and waffle away their week because they didn't really do much of anything. They caused disruption, but it was just, it was so surreal walking through what seemed to be this hippie village. Um, and I'm not inclined to think that they're going to get anything from this. Um, what do they want? They've made out some uh, uh, requests like reducing carbon emissions. Well, we've seen what happens in France when they do that. Um, I appreciate that the yellow vests are using that as a route in to cause protests about larger concerns they have from the disparity and imbalance of their society. However, that was the initial view that brought it into people wanting to riot because they were being asked to, to pay more. So these are throwing up their arms in the most virtuous of ways. And to be honest, I just found it to be an annoyance. Uh, and then I think they were told, I think it was Chris the Dick said yesterday, right, look, if you want to have a peaceful protest, then go to Marble Arch or go, go home. Um, I didn't realize that they had a 420 day in Hyde Park, to be honest. I'm supposed to be heading there this afternoon, so I hope there's not over uh, <laughs> an overflow from that. And I saw that someone was stabbed there yesterday as well. Um, but going on to this story, going on from this story, which is related to this story. So have you heard of this Greta Thornburg girl, the little 16-year-old girl who keeps speaking out about climate change? Well, I, I haven't heard... I didn't, before I read the article this morning in, in, in the Daily Mail, the Daily Fell, I hadn't heard about her before. So I, I don't really... One is I don't really, someone that, that digs into the news, I don't really watch too much of the news. I, I get most of my news from the internet. And um, so I haven't really seen um, her, but go on. So, so this is what, so this is child abuse for me. <laughs> um, so basically, she came out, this must have been about six months ago now, and started talking about climate change and how it's going to bring the end of humanity, righty, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, and everybody fell for her like this is poster child. Well, on Tuesday, I think it was, she gave a speech in the to the European Commission. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't. I, can't, I don't know what I was watching. And I watched through it, and it hurt. It hurt my head. It hurt my eyes. I can't believe that her parents are getting away with doing this to her. I can't believe that we're encouraging this. So she went on. She started with saying somewhere around 2030. Now, remember what I've just said there? Somewhere around yeah. Then she said, somewhere around 2030, we will reach a point of no return for um, our impact on the climate. Then she gave a countdown. I can't remember the exact days, but she gave the years and the months and the days to which we would reach this point of no return. Okay, love. First off, basic principles. You just said somewhere around 2030, and now you've just told me the exact countdowns to the days. You don't need to say somewhere around because you could just say the day because clearly your calculations are on point, right? Second mm -hmm. off, she then goes in to say that these calculations are based on technologies that we require to save us that do not exist yet. Okay. So make calculations on stuff that not isn't, it isn't in the making and I don't know when it will be ready technology that they don't really know what it is and it doesn't exist. Um, it's based on calculations that doesn't take into equation 
natural factors that may occur in the environment or in society in general, she listed off four or five other things that this cal- these calculations don't take in, well, can't cater for, basically. And then she said, these are not just finger-in-the-air dates that were put in here. These are based on scientific calculations. Hold on. Wait. Slow the boat here. You've just t- you, so you've wrapped up and told me this is based on scientific calculations, which you've just caveated by saying it's basically based on nothing because you can't actually be sure of anything that's going to happen in the next twelve years from technology to society, which will impact this. So, so which side of the fence are you taking here? Are you taking the finger in the air, or are you taking the scientific calculation? In which case, you wouldn't have to have so many caveats on it. And then halfway through, she gets to this point where she does a line. And she is so she's reading this big script talking about stuff that, frankly, at 16, you know that she's been spoon fed by her parents because this is not her own stuff that she's written. Right. I'm sure we're supposed to believe that that is the case. I think it's bullshit. Um, I think anybody would if they listen to it. But halfway through, she gives a line that is something referring to, I think, the fact that children are going to whatever it was. She does it in a teary way. And she almost she's a bit stone faced, this little girl, to be fair. Um, and usually I wouldn't be inclined <laughs> to have negative thoughts about a child because it's, it's not their fault. But in this instance, she plays her, she plays the part of the bad actor just too well for me. Um yeah. So she gets halfway through and she tries to, it's almost like she forces out a tear, which starts to fall down her cheek to, to which we get a round of applause immediately after that line is done, that she, the teariness is gone and she's back on point again. You read through it. It is so scripted. It is so acted out. It is so insincere. And it is so in, it's so improper for me that clearly her parents are peddling this and getting her to be the mouthpiece behind her so that we can get a voice of the child's nation's uh, era to put this case forwards. Now, I'm not arguing that climate change doesn't exist. It's quite evident that it does. Now, with regards to whether we've reached a point of no return and the report that came out, what, a year and a half ago now, you've gone from scientists saying, yeah, a majority of scientists um, confirm that this is, these predictions are correct, to over the last six months, in a lot of interviews that they've had, they've slowly peddled back how confident they are in that, right? Now, science is based on Bayesian techniques where you base an assumption on what you learn as more evidence becomes available. So I have no issue. I'm I'm not holding them to come up with a specific date for it. But this is wrong. You shouldn't. uh, I just think this is wrong. And this is what leads to kids now saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to go to school because you lot are ruining the world for us. Let's just be clear, guys. You either, if you want to believe in God, then the world was put here specifically for us to live in, and you can put your faith in God, and He will maintain it for the future of history that all needs to be. If you believe in the Big Bang and actually how the universe began, then you could argue that we have benefited from being in an environment which fostered and cultivated us going from monkeys to the human race. But the earth isn't particularly here to satisfy us. It's just created an environment by which we can exist in, right? Um, Mm. Therefore, maybe you just have to accept the fact that as a society and humanity progresses, you have to deal with the fact that these are the challenges that you have to face. Um, I just... I didn't like anything about it. And I know about this girl because she pops up on uh, No Agenda quite a lot. But I just don't. It's the first time I've actually had to watch her back speaking. And it's just, it's, it's difficult to watch. It's really difficult to watch because it's so manipulated. Isn't it the same thing as what we did in America where when the, the children, um, the gun, the gun lobby, the, anti, the anti, anti-gun lobby put the children that were involved in that massacre and made them um, go in front of the TV screens and 
that children that don't actually understand the policies, don't actually, don't actually understand the intricacies of the arguments, or going on TV and putting up sub stories trying to get people to say, and then if you disagreed with them, you're like, you're a monster. You want children to die. It's the exact same thing. Well, um, it's not. It's not quite though, because at least in their instance, they had. So they were fighting for gun. Arguably, we know that they need better gun laws in the states, right? Now, the degree to which they pushed that, yeah, that was a bit OTT. But they were based on actual evidence and actual things that have occurred, numbers and massacres that they could tie to. What I don't like about this is they're to a degree hypothesizing the situation here because they don't have the direct evidence for it and when she came out of this you just it's like imagine you're having a debate with somebody right imagine i'm having a debate with you right over one point or the other and i say to you you're wrong and you're wrong because i'm right about this however when i say i'm right about this that's caveat by the fact that i have no evidence to back it up not only that i can break down to you the eight areas where i know i have no evidence there's no basis for a point here. It should have been if that was a, if that was an adult saying that they would have been fucking laughed out of the European Commission. Like, frankly, it is ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I hate... oh, where do I go from here? I think I done quite well there. By the way, I was speaking to my girlfriend last night, and I left some rather expletive rants on this topic. So I think I've done quite a measured response. <laughs> I was quite concerned I might go off the rails on that story. <laughs> All right, where do I go from there? Um, all right, staying in the UK. Ah, oh, should we stay in the UK? Stay in the UK. Corbyn pledges to scrap primary tests. No, before, yes, Corbyn, so the Labour government probably um, promised to scrap SATs and in primary schools. I, I think, I, I don't think the point of testing, testing um, little children. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Well, <laughs> this is something we spoke about before, right? And I, as with anything that's Jeremy Corbyn and Labour led, they're, they don't actually deliver something here. So I don't actually disagree with what he's saying there, that the having SATs in place, at least based on the old curriculum, focuses children on learning what they need to learn to pass the test. However, you could argue that that exists outside of, that exists from adult professional life, right? If you have to take a qualification, it's not based on what you would actually do in a day-to-day. -day. Usually it's just based on how you would pass the test. Um, so that, kind of occurs all throughout education but i don't in principle disagree with this i think it's a bit silly that we're still judging people on um curriculums that were built a long time ago and they're not really lining up a child to be fit and ready to take on the the adult world however the problem that lies here is he's just said he'll scrap them but he's not really said how he'll replace them um what he said here is labor would introduce alternative assessments which would be based on the clear principle of understanding the learning needs of every child. Now, that sounds like a brilliant PR statement, right? I don't know how you would logistically be able to come up with someone, because what he's basically saying is you'll still need to do an assessment, being fair to the education system and teachers already have a massive burden on them. As it stands at the moment, there is no way logistically, and it would take funding far beyond which we have or the Labour government could deliver to come up with a way that you could individually assess every single child and have some output measure of that. Um, so although I don't agree with SATs in general and I think they should be revised, I also don't think he has a real answer here. I, I don't really understand logistically how you would come up with an assessment that understands the learning needs of every every single child. Just, just
just numbers basis is, is like logistically impossible um so i agree with the principle of saying yeah we need to revise this whole process of sats or what they're working towards i just don't think that actually outside of the buzzword if he got in and then labor were tasked with implementing this they wouldn't actually have an answer which <laughs> over and above shouldn't really can uh, surprised us because I don't think anything Jeremy Corbyn says <laughs> allows is something that he's actually going to back up on. But that that's my general thought on this. I don't know if yours is any different. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I tend to I, I agree with you. I I, I just I think a lot of times Labour say stuff out when they're in opposition for things they can't actually really implement. And uh, it's just one of those things that like, like it sounds good, but it might not be. It's probably it's probably hardest to implement in practice. Um, staying with Labour. Um, this is a quick story on Diane Abbott. Um, she was caught on camera um, drinking a can of Mark Spencer mojito on the on, on the overground, and it's been circulated on social media. She's come out and apologised for it. Um, I think it's a it's a little bit of unfair targeting. Um, I bet in mind she probably didn't realise what she was drinking because you know, like a, a can of mojito, like. Um, from Mark Spencer, probably she's probably thinking, oh, I'm drinking up, up some fizz. It's not, it's not going to be that strong, is it? It's not going to be like the same, the same um, level of alcohol you get in a um, an actual co- in a cocktail. So just someone probably caught her. It's an opportunist caught her and put her on um, social media. It's one of, another one of her gaffes. Yeah, and I'm kind of inclined. I would say I put this in here because I'm on, I'm of the same inclination as you here, right? I mean, I hate, I don't, I'm not a Diane fan. However, fair is fair, right? Now, I see people drinking on the tube all the time and completely smashed and drunk. Some person came back here and said uh, in one of his tweets, sorry that you feel the need. I'm sincerely sorry that you feel the need to say sorry, Diane, and I hope you really enjoyed the drink. It's no one's business but yours. Well, it, it kind of is because it's against the law to do that. So it is someone's business. However, that said, I agree here. She doesn't really... I don't even feel like it's something you need to come out and apologise for. If anything, right, it kind of makes you a bit more human, or at least in my eyes, because you're not holding yourself above what we know already happens on the train, right? We've all seen it. We all know it occurs. I've seen people that are being stopped by the people on the tube who work there, and they'll just tell them, yeah, you can't have cans on here. It's not like they're going to get arrested or anything. Nobody pushes for that. In general, it's just to make sure that we don't have drunken anarchy on the tube, right? Um, Drinking a mojito after probably... And in fairness, I am not a fan of hers, but many people are not. So I can imagine that she has relatively stressful days. I don't hold too much against her on this. It's a bit it's a bit representative of society, as we spoke about last week, that everybody feels the need to apologise about every single thing that they do nowadays. Mm. Um, and that's any more stories in the UK now. Moving on to America. Uh, there's a couple of well, there's a couple of funny stories actually. So one of them one of them is kind of uh, we might as well touch on this quickly. Uh, well it's kind of UK because it's it's Wales, but did you see the story I stuck in there about Wayne Hennessy and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the pictures and I'm like, okay, so the guy saying he doesn't know anything about the Nazi culture, not, he doesn't know anything about Hitler and he's desperate to learn about Hitler. And he came out yesterday and, and um, his manager came out and said, oh yeah, Wayne Hennessy is desperate to know about Hitler. I'm like, okay, cool. This guy, um, so he got off, he, the charges were dropped against him because he said he didn't know anything about it. I thought, yeah, I thought, and he basically thought, said, did you see how he said, uh, waved and shouted at a person taking the picture to get on with it, and I put my hand over the, my mouth so I can carry. Um, we've all done that before, and we know that that's not how, you, that's not how it looks. <laughs> at least for yeah. him, who spends half of his career doing that same thing when he's shouting at bloody defenders. Yeah, 
So he's, he's got off. He's got off of it. I I pretty I pretty much think that he did it as a as a joke, and he got caught with it. And in today's in today's outrage um, world, they put him on camera, and then it, it's like Wayne Hennessy's a racist, and he's like, no, I'm not racist. I, I probably did that as a joke, but now I can claim it. But I swear you can't do that. What? You can't claim ignorance of ignorance of, <coughs> of offense. You can't claim ignorance of offense. Well, so like, <laughs> so like um, Suarez called. Suarez called uh, Evra blackie, and everyone called him a racist. And he was saying, but in, in in Uruguay, that's why we call black players. We call them blackie, or that's that's our so, our culture, our culture. And he was still demonised. And then looking at Wayne Hennessy, Wayne Hennessy literally come out and said, "Well, I know I know nothing about Hitler, even though it, by um in, in the wider public we all know what that salute means. It's a it's a nice salute." So him, him coming out and claiming ignorance is no is no defence in in that in, in my eyes he still should be charged for it. Well, apart from the fact as well, because one of them said in here, improbable. Where's the word? Uh, improbable. As improbable as it may seem to those of us of an older generation, we do not direct uh, reject the assertion as untrue. He's thirty two. Let's just be clear, right? And unless you don't have access to a TV, there's no way you can make it to 32 in your life and not have some knowledge, at least a lightest of knowledge, of the general facts that there was a war between the Nazis and the rest of the world, basically, that occurred, and that was World War II. You're telling me that he doesn't know that World War II exists? Like, come on, dude. At least come up with something that's plausible. Um, I don't understand. That. Yeah, I, I don't know how he managed to get away with this. I don't think he deliberately done it to be racist. He done it off the cuff as being joking he probably should have just said look i did it without actually meaning offense or realizing that and, and to be honest you do some of this stuff and you don't expect anybody to pick up on it right um he obviously wasn't doing a salute he wasn't backing hitler or fascism he's seen something and probably just thought ah, oh, this will be a funny thing to do for a photo um so it's naive ignorance but to say that he's ignorant to the existence of nazis and hitler is just a fucking blatant lie dude <laughs> like, i don't know i got away with that but still that was a story of the week that i couldn't uh couldn't let pass uh, and i think another, another story um, another funny story is the drake curse yeah <laughs> drake. the funny thing about these drake curses no one knows when he took the picture it just comes. It's just after they've lost, then a picture comes up with him taking a picture of, with them. So no, no in one most knows. instances they are. They are. I mean, Roma haven't actually. I mean, they 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 put that there's a ban. They're joking, obviously. But <clears throat> you say they don't know, but but pretty much we do. So like the 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 Aubameyang one that was taken just before. That was the 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 week of his tours just before. And apparently this started. This actually started like last year in. Yeah. The states were, and, and it's been like a known thing over there. Um, but you look down at what what's what amuses me about this is is actually the stats back it up. Obviously, obviously there is no curse of Drake, right? But it is just so I just find it humorous that there is such a coincidental link between his photo and legitimate losses of teams in matches where it's not even like it's just a random loss. It it, it in events where either they're like catastrophic losses or they're completely abnormal ones to which you would expect it's quite it is just uh, it is a funny story that i did like <laughs> yeah it um, is quite it is quite frustrating um funny as well that it just happens to be well i know it's assassination vacation tour but happens to have assassination in tour name and he seems to be the bearer of death and doom <laughs> anybody takes a photo of uh nice right. to have some light stories in there yeah 
All right, moving on to America. So this week, um, the formula report was published in full. Um, it was when it was when it was announced. I think Vice did a, a live reading of it. So they went through the whole of the um, they went through the whole of the Mueller report. Um, Trump came out and did a funny tweet uh, with the Game of Thrones. Um, is it Game of Thrones uh, font they use? Game of Thrones. I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones. So I don't know. I don't know what it represents. But Trump came out and did and did that. And he's like saying it's game over, it's done, I won, and, and um, but it does show. I think the Mueller the Mueller report um, it it does show some of Trump's paranoia and some of the inner workings of Trump. So one of the lines came out that Trump came when he when um, they did an investigation and and he came out and said, "I'm fucked. My president my presidency is fucked." <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, but they yeah, but they chose to use they. It's funny because they put the lines in here, but they chose to split them up and create their own context out of it. Because in principle, what he's actually saying is is that he's stuck now, and he does follow up on this afterwards. Everybody tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Well, you could argue that actually that's all come to fruition we we spoke about this last week he's, he's yeah. a lot of bluster but he can't actually get anything through partly because people are spending so much time on trying to indict him for something that actually didn't happen so it's a, yeah the way that, as, as ever the media choose to click beta um but the democrats really just have to fucking let this one go seriously it's a, i don't they're they're clutching at straws which i just don't see any benefit for anymore yeah yeah, they need, to, they need to focus on 2020. Well, there was another, I think one of the people, one of the media who analysed this said, yeah, they just want uh, Donald Trump to go in a bit weakened. So, though, although they won't go for a full case of obstruction of justice, then they may just try to pick away at him to let him go in weakened. But then he also made the good flip side point that all of this is actually just bringing the Republicans closer together. And for all of his supporters, it won't turn them against them. It will make them want to back him more. Um, so I just think at some point in time, and, and let's just be clear, speakers on the Democrat side are difficult. I mean, it's easier to, for me, I don't need to dislike Donald Trump. I don't really care either way. I find him easy to laugh off because it's just a laughable situation. But Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they annoy me. I find them arrogant and aggravating, to be honest. And the more they speak out about it, the more I as almost unbiased in this because i'm not in the states and i'm not going to vote find myself thinking well actually i don't care what donald trump any now i've got to a point where i'm just like donald trump will end up doing something stupid which i'll find laughable but i've, I've got to a point where i actually don't care and nancy pelosi and chuck schumer i'm just like you two are just mouthpieces which are getting on my nerves now and this is just me from the outside world so i'm not sure that they're doing much to gain more democratic votes i know it's not them going for the presidential election but they're not i just don't feel that they're helping their own case here yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 I think like what Trump said is true. If he shot someone, if he shot someone, it wouldn't. If he shot someone and killed someone, his voters would just vote for him. So I don't think I don't think people care about this Mueller report anymore. And them labouring on it kind of says to the public that they don't have any plans of how to defeat him in the election. Um, staying on to a future, looking at a future presidential candidate who I think will be, um, who probably run in twenty twenty eight. Yeah, 2028. As Alexandra as so Cortez quits Facebook, says social media is a health risk. I think she'll be president of the United States. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to go all out and say that she won't. <laughs> I think she will. I think I think I think she's got everything going for her. She's 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 relatively pretty. 
Um, she's she's a simp. I think the majority of people that are vote that she has supported are simps, and um, they will they will um, support her because they want a, a change to whoever's going to be in twenty twenty whoever's going to be in twenty twenty and twenty twenty four. So unless unless the Democrat wins twenty twenty four, I think she she could run in twenty twenty eight because she'd be thirty five by that time, won't she? She's not going to be able to keep this up for the whole time. Twenty twenty eight is in nine years. She'll be thirty eight. She can't keep this up. Sorry, there's a reason I put this in here. But she said she's quit Facebook. Um, So basically, she said that social media is unhealthy. But all she's actually done is quit Facebook. And then she goes on to say, well, and we know that she's still on Twitter. But she does say, oh, every so week, every so often, I'll just take a, a weekend off. Um, okay, good for you, though. That's, that's fine. I don't, I don't care either way. Um, then she starts waffling on about statistics about how increased screen time is bad for children. We already know that that's not, so that's an uh, un, unbased um, fact that she's sticking in there. And also, although she said, <clears throat> I personally gave up on Facebook, which is kind of a big deal because I started my campaign on Facebook. Yes, you started your campaign on Facebook, love. But for anybody who follows you now, we know that you base a lot of your interactions with your your followers via social media, by, via Twitter and via Instagram. And let's just be clear, you're still pushing Instagram a lot because that's how you do a lot of your personalized, let me do a video while I'm cooking at home to connect with with my audience, right? And you do it for Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. So arguably, it feels to me like you just decided, well, Facebook actually, and, and if you look at the demographics, yes, Facebook is still the powerhouse for advertising, right? But if you look at the demographics, it tends to be the older generation, which are now on Facebook, and the younger generation takes to Instagram. So she's kind of using this backup, the, the stats to say, well, actually, here's a good point in time for me to say that I'm against social media when actually all I'm doing is removing myself from Facebook. And so this is why this is why I, I'm not a fan of hers. And I'm, it's not just her, because I've spoken about a lot of people who just just virtue signal and need to be able to say the stuff that goes with the populace. And at the moment, it's all about social media and screen time are bad. Forget the fact that you can't back that up with statistics. It's irrelevant. You can just say it because it's a nice soundbite to put out there and she's not going to be able to maintain this for eight years to get voted in as president that that's i she'll never be president of the united states where you can keep this recording and come back to it in nine years (laughs) it's just my it's just my personal view i just i just didn't like the fact that she's come out and and said our social media is a media is a health risk and i'm like well you're making people people in people who are of that generation where instagram is everything do really feel like People on the other end of their social media window are their best friends and they know them. And so arguably she is leveraging that fact for her support, which I don't have a problem with, but don't use that as your means of publicizing yourself and then back up by saying, oh yeah, it's so unhealthy. And then follow that up by saying, oh, actually you'll notice every so often I take the weekend off Twitter. Oh, whoop de doo Good for you. Like, I don't know. I just find her to be very insincere. <laughs> um, and when she is authentic, she flubs over stuff is my personal thing. And so move, moving on, um, Justin Bieber wants Fox News host fired. So um, Bieber isn't very happy with Laura Ingram. And Along Laura with Ingram, a lot of people. <laughs> Laura, yeah, Laura Ingram's reporting about the late rapper Nipsey Hussle. So I think Laura Ingram, I think, but I don't think why people are surprised by this. I don't get why people are surprised by this. She's the same same report that came out and told LeBron James to shut up and shoot, play, shut up and shoot and play basketball. So but I, I've always found Laura Ingram quite distasteful. As a person, oh, completely, yeah. 
but I don't see why people are surprised by her. She's she, she's 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 like Trump. She's she's uh, rallying to her base, and uh, and and her, and people that watch Fox News don't care about what Nipsey Hussle represents to his community. To them, he's always he's a, he's a gangbanger first, and he's he's a businessman, a, um, a, a philanthropist. Oh, second, to them, he'll always be a gangbanger first. He's 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 the worst of what represents. He's he's what he, what he represents is, is the worst about black culture, black urban culture in their eyes. So they're always going to say what they're always going to say negative things about about um, him. And people like people coming out and saying she should be fired actually helps her because it it it, it, it rises her profile in um in in it's what people want. When you take controversial things, you want this backlash because it makes your profile go higher. And I, I don't think, think she's done this deliberately. I just think she's a, a piece of trash. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's deliberate. I'm saying, but the best thing to do instead of um, and going against her like people do with the other one, Kay, Kay Hopkins, the best thing to do is ignore her. If you ignore her, then it, she doesn't get the she, it, she, doesn't, she won't get the same level of notoriety that she actually wants and craves. Oh yeah, but Kate, Kate Hobson's a dick, and she does it deliberately. However, this one, but for Justin Bieber, I'm not a huge Justin Bieber fan, but for this and the game uh, originally put on his Instagram about this as well, but you couldn't put a story about that because it was too expletive. Um, however, Justin Bieber made a good point in this. He just says you you can't laugh in the face of a person who's passed on. Doesn't matter who it is. Now, <clears throat> if this was a person, if this was a serial killer, she wouldn't have fucking laughed about that. She would have taken the story very seriously. And to laugh in it, it wasn't like a little smirk. She had a full-on laugh. You, you should not be speaking about somebody as irrelevant of the fact that he did stuff for his community. You should not be speaking in that manner about somebody who's passed away. And I think, actually, it's a legitimate call. They won't sack her because it takes a lot to sack her. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to, to advertise the fact that she did this to people who were unaware. It's disgusting behavior. To even just take a... If you just put it on, the, as he's put here, on the, the very principles of it, you're laughing about somebody who's passed away, who you had no knowledge of, and you're just doing it because you listened to a song. You haven't done anything of researching into the background. She's a bitch, and she's a piece of dirt. And actually, speaking quite bluntly, I wish she would get fired. I, I, I get what you're saying about, yeah, sometimes this actually just increases their notoriety. I, I, I don't think this is going to help her in any way. And, and you've seen, the, the strange thing about it is, you've seen in the States, people get sacked for a lot worse. Like who, I can't remember the lady's name, um, who got sacked for a very basic, pretty light comment on the blackface stuff last year. And she was sacked straight away. So how she was up by MSBC. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not saying she was sacked by Fox News, but it's still she still got sacked from her post for making for me what was a relatively light comment. Yeah, I know, but it's different because of MSBC, MSBC is the is the left equivalent. They're like, they're like the BBC in the sense that they're left they're left leaning, and Fox News. If anything, they're going to be like, yay. It's good, <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's she's that's what I'm saying. They're not going to attack her because she's doing what they wanted to do. She's saying what they wanted to say. That's yeah. The thing. Every so often you go across the border, dude. Every so often you go across the border, and and she might have done that here. Is might not, not even she might have. Even she has for anybody of normal conscience, but even for Fox News, she might have gone too far here. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I get what you're saying about the different platforms that they're on, but. I think the bar for Fox News is really low. So, well, yeah, <laughs> well, I, well, I don't, I don't disagree there. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know that if, if it will make a, a dent in her popularity and and how her bosses see her, but it's, it's interesting.
Um, I mean, before I go into tech news, let me see if any more news in the world. Oh yeah, Russia. Russia launched TV launches a, a robot news presenter. I thought we, I thought we covered this um, previously. I thought they, they released, they had another one. Maybe it might not be Russia, it might be China. So um, the humanoid name Alex causes uh, and he makes his debut on state news channel Royster Twenty Four. Things you know these type of you know these type of things yeah you know back in the day we saw this um, animation we just think oh it's computer animation and someone's voicing him and now it's well I don't know why it's why it's caused a stir it says it, oh they're saying that people viewers have complained about his appearance and causing him accusing him of peddling political propaganda of course he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna peddle political propaganda Russia is most of the most of the media is state state run so <laughs> even if you're not um, an AI even if you're a human being, if you're a human, human and presenters, they peddle Russia political propaganda. Doesn't make it. It doesn't mean that just because of he's a um, he's an AI is going to do anything more than what's already been done. Well, he's not an AI. He's just he's no, just, exactly. he's just re- repeating what he's told to repeat. So he's not yeah. an AI. I just don't really see the point in this. I mean, I'm not inclined to think that I would want to watch that. It just looks bizarre. It looks like I'm watching an interview on FIFA football or something. It's a bit weird. Um, and I don't know what you would need it for. If you're not going to have real presenters on there, then just do away with it and, I don't know, change the background and do what a lot of them do and just superimpose people on the front of it. Or just do stories where you have a voice and not hear me. I don't see the point in this. Um, and it's like they want to roll out loads of them. And it's just a bit bizarre. And it's not even in that kind of uncanny valley space where you think you're looking at something that is legitimately real. It's not. He looks like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> it's not even a well... I mean, I know there's a lot put together, but... It's not even a and it's not a huge amount that they invested in this. Like it was something like twelve, yeah, twelve, twelve thousand pounds to develop. So it's not even like this is a they've chucked a lot of money at it. I just don't really understand it. It's a bit bizarre. He just looks like a dead version of the guy. If you look halfway down, you see the person that he, he is supposed to replicate, and he's obviously discolored because he's not got human pigmentation in his skin. But he just looks like a they've consumed him from the dead. Like it's just it's just only it's one of those things that. It is something that you could kind of be like only in Russia would <laughs> this happen. It's very bizarre. But yeah, I know what you mean. I don't really understand why they've used this to say, oh yeah, he peddles propaganda. That That's how the machine works in Russia. That is the machine. Yeah. All right. And um, with the tech news, Samsung. So this week, um, Samsung, um, this week, Samsung announced its um, new foldable phone. Um, a lot of reviewers came back. The funny thing, I watched the um, so I follow Mark Marquis um, M M K H B on YouTube, and before the news, before it broke out the news, he did a video on it, and he was talking about um, a lot of a lot of reasons why various reviewers who are various famous YouTube reviewers have broke the phone, and um, I found it well. And a lot of people don't understand why Samsung were making a foldable phone in the first place. They thought it was a bit gimmicky. Why? Why are we? Why are they doing this? Um, I, 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 I don't. I, I, I was never going to get the phone. I, it was never gonna be, like a foldable phone for me. has never been one of those things I want to get. I, I just it's never been one thing. But I actually, I'm excited about technology in regards to the fact that you can. If the, if that's where people, if that's where phones are going, it'd be interesting to see how how good they, they actually get to. So in the sense that they can, where they can going to be able to combine a phone and a tablet into one, and I think that's what people and that therefore it'll be easier to it'll be more portable. So you're carrying around, you don't know how big the screen's going to get <laughs> and how powerful it's going to be. But um, 
Yeah. Well, they have to get us to work first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the time, the reason why it broke you, and a lot of times when a review is broke them, is because of, you know, on the screen. So, you know, when you get a brand new phone, uh, well, I. Not on, it's not on all phones, but most phones. When you get a brand new phone, they usually have like a, a little plastic um, screen protector on the screen that yeah. you can take off, and then you place it with like tempered glass, or you place it with you place it usually with tempered glass. And um, on the Samsungs, um, they had it looks like they've had like a plastic screen on there, but it actually isn't a protector. It's actually part of the the, the design of the of the of the phone. And yeah, but a lot that's, of that's that's a purely flawed. First off, that's a flawed design, right? Yeah, because... it's a flawed design. Everybody's going to pull that off. But secondly, there's a couple of people on here as well who, who left it on and they still broke as well. So even that is not, yeah. not a direct yeah. cause. We broke it because it's out of use of it. And then, all, and then also the... the um, yeah, but two days. That's not out of use. This, this, you can't... It, if you're overusing your phone two days into it, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, one of the issues was that the crease, um, after two days, the crease became more visible. The more you, the more you open and close it. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, yeah. Um, to me, honest, yeah, I like, I like pushes forward in um, technology, and this is a new kind of achievement and engineering feat. Fair enough, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They push. Samsung have been saying for ages, yeah, we'll have the first fold on phone. Well, that's that's fine, but clearly you haven't conquered it here. And frankly, they need to take this back to drawing board. I mean, even I think it was the BBC, it was the BBC where I took the review from this on. They said that they had uh, their test phone was taken off them before they could even have a chance to test it. Obviously, because Samsung were realising shit, this isn't good for us. So. I think if you look at the amount of people who would have done this review for them and the amount of people who are already saying they've got problems, this is a, this is, it's bizarre though that they wouldn't have identified this in testing or they did and just thought, well, maybe the percentage will be so small that we won't, people won't pick up on this. But you must have realized that loads of people would because it's just, well, it's such a big innovation going forward. There's no way that if it started breaking, people aren't going to highlight. Oh, by the way, the biggest thing about this is it's foldable and the fold is breaking. <laughs> like it's, it's not like it's a minor. If it was a minor flaw for anything else, you could get away with it having problems. But yeah, I, I guess they're going to be going back to the drawing board with this one. I didn't realize it was two thousand pounds though. It's two thousand pounds. It's it's um it's twelve it's twelve um, gigabytes of RAM. So it's funny it's really how hard. funny how we we just absolutely lambast bloody Apple for releasing a thousand pound phone, but Samsung get away with releasing a two thousand one, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, but I think I, I don't think um, Samsung thought that anyone would want to go out and mass go and buy this. I think Samsung was just trying to push it, so it'd be the first one to do the foldable phone, and then have that as their gimmick, and then they can push, and then the next iteration of it will be better. And next iteration will be that, and, and, do you know what I mean? So eventually, by the time you get to the third iteration of it, they would have perfected it. Um, yeah, but still, it's still two thousand pound a phone. Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Because for their for, in their heads, they're saying, "Well, it's twelve gigabytes of RAM. It's actually it's, it's probably faster than most laptops. It's faster than most laptops, faster than most um, tablets as well. Most laptops, most laptops are what eight, sixteen, depending on how fast you want your laptop to be between eight, eight and sixteen. So, and most tablets only got to eight gig. So, um, for twelve gig, you're getting a phone and you're getting a tablet, and and it's one of the most powerful." Tablets and when it works, one of the most powerful tablets on the planet. Yeah, I just think it's a waste that they've done with this. To be honest, with the fact that most devices nowadays, most laptops are getting to the point where they're so easily portable that actually they don't cause you much of an issue. 
I just think yeah. there's a case in the niche, which is a bit pointless here. Um, but it's nice to have the gimmick of a foldable phone, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, one final story I want to cover is Kim Kardashian. I think we talked about it last week. She's um, stoned, stoned to be a lawyer. Um, she said she's going to take the bar to them in 2022. Um, she, said, uh, she says her uh, moving to the law has nothing to do with privilege or money. I think she's, in the past, you can see her, she's um, been able to get a few people off um, life sentences and get them pardoned. And I think that's going in more in what she wants to do, help people. And um, it, uh, she said it's nothing to do with her privilege. I think people... I don't know why people are criticising her for this. <laughs> that was why I put that. That's exactly why I put this in here. I'm like... I mean, we spoke about this last week and you've got the whole cancel culture stuff and I'm just like... People need to learn to just give a shit about themselves and just stop caring about wanting to hate everybody else. I'm not saying don't show empathy for people that you want to help out, but in this instance, right... If she sat there all day and did no work and just lounged around in the sun, which arguably she's done in the past with like her social media and stuff, then everybody wants to hate her. Now she says that she wants to go and do something and get into a profession, well, we need to find a way to hate her. And I'm just like, the people who have the backlash about this, get a fucking life of your own. Like, <laughs> seriously. You, you, it's like these people wake up every morning wanting to be angry with people who they're jealous of for having a better life than themselves. And I just... I find it frustrating that, I mean, you will always get all different sorts in, in society, but this is one of those stories that we put up and I'm just like, well, for some people you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Whether yeah, you like Kim Kardashian or not. Yeah, I, I just don't understand what outrage is. It's like, what? I, when, we say, when, I, when, I, when I read um, critics, I'm like, who's criticising her? <laughs> Which sad person is criticising her for taking a law exam? If, anyone, if anybody else in the world said, oh, I'm, I'm starting to be a lawyer, you'd be like, yeah, congratulations, that's good, go, go for it. But when she's but when Kim Kardashian's doing it, well, she's only doing it because she's rich. It's like <laughs> doesn't make no fucking sense. I'm like you're hating, you're hating, you're not hating her because she's doing what she's doing. You're hating her because she's Kim Kardashian and she's rich. Um, yeah. I would, to be honest, it's not the right way to do it, right? But sometimes I wish that some of these people would just kind of... It, it would have been quite amusing to me if she came out of there and just went, yeah, I'm a rich bitch. So I'm just... I just in my mind, I've got like a Dave Chappelle sketch yeah. in my head where he would pick up and someone would go, yeah, fuck it, I'm rich bitch. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes people like that just, just need that kind of response. It's, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit, yeah... Just hard, uh, but hey ho. Yeah. Wait, so, what are we reading this week? Uh, reading what did I run through this? I didn't watch much of anything this week. I don't think. Um, I listened to and middle to well, I finished Ripples in Space Time. I've given up on um, <laughs> books on quantum physics for for a while now. It hurts my head too much. I read, uh, listened to Ant Middleton's book because somebody somebody gave me a point of me in direction and gave it a good review i looked up on audible it's got nine thousand reviews on it that's a massive amount um and i'd obviously i just watched just before that his documentary on um when he went up everest uh, so i listened to that i mean yeah i mean don't get me wrong i spoke to one one guy at work and he said it was like the best audio book that he's listened to it wasn't that but it is quite interesting to be fair and then i listened to a book uh blitzed drugs in nazi germany so after i mentioned what i mentioned last week um i just found it interesting to dive into that 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 is a fuck i don't understand how this is such an unknown piece of history like Hitler was a cocaine addict stuff what the hell <laughs> apart from the fact that they were all 
blazed up on bloody well not blazed up but high on crystal meth and used it just to operate and function across the army he himself had like injections every bloody day like it's, it's quite an eye opener um and then i just started one on the nuremberg trials as well which is a bit annoying because i'm enjoying the actual content of it but the narrator they've got for this is is, is i think he'd be fine if you're listening to him in normal speed but when you speed it up he, he, he's got quite a frustrating voice to listen to um which is rare i have any issues with the narrator but nonetheless i will and it's a 25 hour book so it couldn't have picked like a worse one to have <laughs> an annoying narrator on but yeah i haven't really listened to many podcasts there haven't been many releases on on podcasts uh, that have been noteworthy to listen to to be honest well joe rogan had adam Con- conover on which was an awful podcast <laughs> which is awful the guys didn't know anything i it, it's um it's really funny because of his whole premise of the show he's a comedian but his whole premise of the show is adam destroys so adam destroys all, all the theories all our, our myths that we 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 believe are true and it was just funny that the guy just didn't know anything just didn't know it was it was, it was a car it was, it was a car crash of a of a podcast i found him very infuriating that every time joe rogan pushed pushed back on his stuff it, just, it was just it was showing he doesn't know what he's talking about um yeah it, it wasn't a very good podcast um other than that i haven't really listened to i haven't really listened I just to that, seen that russell russell brand was on oh yeah I, 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 i'm halfway through that yeah I, I didn't realize that it's a typical Russell Brand um, interview. I, I always find Russell Brand interesting because Joe Rogan is, although he says he tells a lot about himself, he's quite, he's quite, um, what's the word, caged off on his personal life. He doesn't like, he doesn't like spreading too much of his personal life. He doesn't, talk, he doesn't mind talking about himself, but like, um, I always find with um, with Russell, he's always trying to dig deeper into um, why Joe is the way Joe is because he's trying to understand him. And I always find that he's trying, he's trying to dig a little bit deeper than. What, how Joel sometimes just like gives away a bit of the surface level, doesn't want to give always that he's personal. And I always find it because it feels like when, when Joe Rogan has brought Russell Brand on there, it does feel like Russell was also interviewing Joe. So, um, well, I think it also helps when he gets pod- people on the podcast who do podcast themselves, uh, it gives a bit more different dynamic to the conversation. But yeah, yeah I'll listen to that. I didn't realize that one was on. Sorry, you're gonna say something about Sam Harris as well. Oh, I haven't listened, I haven't really listened to any Sam Harris podcast in a long time. I, I've kind of like weaned myself off, so um, and his I'm recent sure. ones haven't been that good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed to listen to. I was just. I've started listening to more Jordan Peterson ones though. Before I didn't used to listen to them because the quality was so bad. You couldn't do. You couldn't take anything from it. Um, but I was listening to them. I've got to re-listen to his book as well because he's in. Uh, he's done the Hammersmith on the 8th of May. Um, so I'm going to see him, but you get to submit a question to it, but it has to be in relation to the book. So I'm now having to go back for his content to make sure that I actually, because my usual gripe is people who ask a question, it's like a stupid question that he's answered a million times. So I just need to make sure that I come up with a, a decent original, question. Original question. Um, yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, Pitts in life and see, and see how he... How you respond if you ask some difficult questions? Well, I get to, uh, I get to uh, the tickets that we've got are meet and greet ones, so I get to actually meet him as well. I don't know if I'll geek yeah. out. What happens? <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. Let me let me know that. Let me know how that goes. Um, yeah, but other than that, guys, I think it's lights out. Lights out. Um, it's lights out from me. Um, as always, if you can go on all um, podcasts um, apps and. Rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. Share us with your friends. Tell people about us so we get more listeners, and you can discuss us on the topics we discuss on here or with your friends and get back to us. And um, so that's that from me. 
And for me, um, and, and yeah, enjoy the rest of the Easter weekend, people. Oh, peace. Peace.